0: No whatever. and stones, Roll. may break my bones. Yeah. But D&D is what turned me into it. <laughs> Never mind. Um, they don't call you a dungeon master for nothing. I know. The word roleplay. It's just what it is. Hey, hey. I'm your host Sarah and I'm
1: your other host Morgan. We're two sisters by marriage who love to talk about stories.
0: From writing fiction and creating elaborate plot lines in D&D to being a team player at your D&D table. We're
1: out of initiative.
0: Today we're talking about being a team player at the D and D table, elevating your game. What makes players excel at the table? Uh, and we're talking a little bit about some kind of easy, actionable items that can help make you like better at D and D. And I don't mean that like min maxing and doing faster math. Because like I'm, I'm so sorry. I can't teach you to add any faster. If I could, like I would be a faster adder, and I'd probably ever play a barbarian. Um, but what we can talk about are some tips for how to be a better role player and how to just bring uh, the best energy you can to the table, even though sometimes we don't have a lot of energy to give, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. And a lot of this is I, it's just going to be basic respect, basic um, just skills. Um, so we can, you know, definitely talk about more specific instances, but a lot of it's just, just basic. Um, when you're at the table, just give and take, you know? Um, and I was thinking about this all week before we came up with this. Um, and I think we were talking too about how the DM is also a player at the table. And so, um, we're going to definitely touch on how to be respectful to your DM and how to, um, keep it, keep it fair and honest for everybody.
0: That's, that's, I'm into that. I'm, I'm excited to see where you're going with that one. Uh, I'm on board. Um, so I, I kind of took some notes as I was thinking through this, cause we talked about this a little bit. And then I wanted to dig in a little more because there's a lot to talk about, right? Like this is beyond just how to play a high intelligence character versus a low intelligence character, right? Like this is about like, how to come to the table and, and like, participate. And for me, like, two major things came up as I was thinking about this, which is, like, trying to be engaged with the story. Sometimes we're, we're grown-ups with lives and stuff, and sometimes, like, I don't have all that much energy to give to a session as a DM or as a player, and that's okay. Uh, and you, no one is expecting you to be on all the time, and, like, don't expect that of yourself. but engaging with the story and engaging with the other players first of all is gonna help build your energy because um i know for me like having a really positive interaction or having like something fun happen in the game helps um kind of build that momentum right like it kind of is self-perpetuating so trying to find things to be engaged with um or like relaxing and just enjoying everyone else's story i think is great and then the second thing is like reading the room so when when the group gets kind of silly, we we don't want to get too far off track. Super duper, absolutely, yes. And also, um, sometimes like lean into the silliness because you're going to bond a little bit more as a group and that's going to bring more fun to the session. And then you're going to be more excited to come back every week or every month or however often you can play. Uh, so those are like the two big ones that stood out to me. Sarah, what are the top kind of items in your mind for being a better player at the table?
1: Well, before I go into mine, I want to touch back on yours. You were saying, like, you know, we don't always have full 100% energy. I mean, that's just day to day. That's just what it is. Um, I have noticed that often there'll be mornings where I'm just dragging or I was really busy or it was just um, a stressed day. And I sit down to play. And I'm, I'm definitely more like, kind of hang back and just kind of watch everyone else have a good time. But then like, I don't know, an hour into it, it's like I get the energy. It almost feels like when you go to the gym, right? Like you hate going to the gym, but then you're so glad you went. (laughs) And that's how I feel like I get more energized the longer the session goes on. Um, And I think that's just part of just disconnecting with the real world and kind of just being more engaged. Um, But there are times when I know... Where say we're working on a certain character's backstory and it's going to be they're more centric. I, I kind of like those moments because I can just hang back at a comment or at a assist where I need to um, and just let them have like their time to shine, which is kind of one of my biggest um, tips is to um, really know when to step up, but then also to kind of sit back and let someone else. Have a chance. And there's a lot of online DD uh streaming um, that you can watch and see how other uh players really do this um, and do it well. Um there's times that I've seen and I've also done myself where say um a particular skill check or um an action is called and you know your character is very good at this there's an opportunity to ask some other character to step in and do this. Um, And there's a role play moment. You can assist your character. Can You know, if they're not as strong, you can (laughs) show them how to do it. And you can have this really great moment to get another character, kind of bring them forward um, as as much as possible, even though, you know, you're going to you would you would ace that. You would get that. No problem. Um, I think it's really fun to see if another character can kind of, and it helps if you have any characters or players at your table that are a little more reserved um, to kind of, if you're more (laughs) outgoing and more confident, if you just bring them in, you know, and say, Hey, help me with this or Hey, pass it, like pass it off to them. Um, And even if they fail, it's fine. Like it's, that's the other, that's my second is when you're playing D and D, you will fail uh, checks. You will miss hits it is part of the game it's built into the system and if you're whining and complaining every time uh it gets very frustrating for everyone else at your table i mean it's just everybody is going to get those not ones like it's just going to happen and if you just roll with the punches or uh even better make it like a great moment um then then it's all you know part of part of the game
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think everybody has a different play style. And for some people, it's like, I, well, like, I'll just be really super honest. I feel like we don't often get to be the heroes of our real life story, right? Uh, We don't have any sense of control all the time. And here in this fantasy world, I can be a character who is all the things that I'm not. Uh, or all all the best versions of myself or the characters i like to write for myself all the most neurotic uh, forms of myself i can just get it all out um all like you know i'm sure it's um not a healthy coping me- mechanism but like it's an option and i want to have some control like i want her to succeed and i want her to fail um as we're kind of working through a situation and sometimes that loss of control again as you roll the dice is um it's a lot to kind of deal with. Like, I'm in my fantasy world. I want to do well. I want to roll well. And if that's the type of character that you want to play, that's the kind of experience you want to have, you can build a character that will have those fail-safes, right? Like, I think that this is a great... I know that Lucky is a feat that everybody kind of has an opinion on. And I think that in uh in a character who just wants to succeed all the time it might come across kind of boring but when you have that in your back pocket and you have that little sense of, I could try again. Sometimes it kind of gives me a little bit more optimism. Um, and I also like really try to squander the luck on as useless of things as possible, like every once in a while, like, no, I, I'm i gonna use a luck point and reroll to see if I can do this stupid backhand spring so I can show off in front of an NPC. Um, because even though it's not useful, it like gives me a little more sense of control. So if you find that you're someone who's like really struggling with low rolls or they impact you more than you want to, like look at some kind of other, maybe like a divination wizard or like a halfling, uh, or a halfling divination wizard with lucky. Hmm? Uh, Yeah. Um, right. (laughs) Lots of opportunities to reroll and you just build a character around the fact that like, I would like to roll well and I would like to control my fate a little bit more and in doing so, hopefully be able to flex a little bit and say, hey, sometimes we fail. And that's the story we're trying to, like, we don't know what the story is. We're trying to tell it together. So is it that we fail in this moment and we have to try again? Maybe this is a story about, about you know, running at something and having an epic miss and then trying, trying to take another run at it.
1: And I, I feel like that's part of being just a great team player at the table is everybody's going to have those low roles or they're going to have those epic roles and being excited for them or um, being disappointed alongside them is just it's great because you're all going to get that um and so just be like supportive and not um upset that say they succeeded on something you were trying to do just you know just roll with the punches like just let it let it go um don't that don't hold grudges because it's just it'll all come yeah. back around um, always. It always does. Um, it definitely as much as it feels like it's not balanced with your dice, it is. Um, and I know this from actually rolling a dice multiple times trying to get that nat one. It took a very long time. For that so, TikTok? Yes. <laughs> I would say a so, good hour of oh rolling this one dice before I got a nat one.
0: Well, bring it to the session on Sunday. I'm sure it'll give you five nat ones in a row. (laughs) Like in the worst. Um, That's funny because I actually um, found a spreadsheet that someone made. uh, That's a like rolling. um, It's like a, how do you say this? So like, it's, you roll your dice. It's like a hundred times and then input, like what the rolls were. And Mm -hmm. it tells you like the, uh, how weighted in one direction or another it might be. And like, what's the like standard, deviation like how how close to um balanced is this dice uh and i've had a couple of dice that i've been like this is gonna be so far off this dice always give me natural 20s or like this dice always screws me over in the worst possible moment and you roll it 100 times which is still pretty small right like that's a small sample size you roll it a hundred times, and you're like, oh, this is actually, like, it was pretty even. Like, it was pretty evenly distributed across all the numbers that, like, all one through 20. And then you kind of have to be like, okay, it's all right. Statistically, you know, there isn't some divine being knocking my dice down to ones. This is just math. Just let it happen. But I think that... Um, not holding a grudge and letting things happen and empowering other players to kind of make a check or have a role play moment with you as you try to show them how to do the thing or um, have them put their ear against the wall so that you can show them how to pick a lock. Um, That kind of brings me to another point that came up as um, Isaac and I were discussing this, which is um, find every opportunity to uplift other players and that will always make you an excellent player at the table. So, um, you know, we're in a situation where we're trying to get from point A to point B, and I don't have the tools necessary. I don't know how my character's gonna do it. Um, I'll ask for help, right? Like, ask for help from somebody who has the tool set to do it. Um, ask them to teach you, or, you know, if the rules are reverse, offer your aid. um offer that we could do it together or if you don't have any ideas, do you have like, let's w- come up with a plan together? Like, bringing another player in so that you guys can work together on solving a problem is ultimately what this is about. It's a collaborative storytelling process. And I So bring everybody else in.
1: Yeah. And I know from a player's perspective, when another player asks, Hey, and they call me by my character's name, come help me with this. It is such a, like, I've been playing how long? And it's still every time I'm like, Oh, I'm special. Like it just, it just makes, it just makes it so great. And I feel like speak up, ask for help. That's the other thing too. Like if you're struggling with something, uh, no one can read your mind and no one's, well, a lot of people aren't just going to step in and like, want to take this from you either. So say, Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, you know, and I think it just goes both ways. Um, And I, the other, you know, we were talking about how not, um, trying to always take, like, center stage. Um, One thing I've noticed with um, some players on the online streaming is when you go into, like, a new town or a new place and there's an NPC interaction, like the first face-to-face NPC interaction, a lot of people joke it's always default high charismatic character, right? Um, Don't always do that. If you're playing a really high charismatic character, sometimes let someone else do it. Let someone else go up um, or bring them with you. Um, I think that's that's such a great um, opportunity for the DM and that character or that player that doesn't normally get that position. Um, and it's always been some of the best um, interactions I've ever seen. <laughs> if they're low charis- charisma, I think it's I think it's hilarious. So um, so that's the main thing. Like if you're the face of the group, like don't always, you know, sometimes stand back. It's OK um you'll you'll get your chance again
0: let that awkward monk get in there and say something offensive and then you get to retcon Uh, you get to like kind of get in and like whoops 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 sorry about my friend he's on drugs you get Um, to
1: salvage this relationship that you need to have
0: (laughs) whoops yeah but it's gonna be it's gonna be a more interesting and entertaining story and it'll give more opportunity for the rest of the group to be engaged Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well
1: it's in regards to just having the dm be another player um when the DM tells you something just take it as fact. I mean that's that's tough cuz I know there's been times like the DM says this or I've, I mean I've seen it online too. The DM says this, the players go along with it. Later on they find out it's wrong. The ruling was wrong. Um and just just let it go, man. And if they say, you know, if you roll a 10 and they say, "Oh yeah, everything looks good, you know, for your perception check." It is. It, like it is. Don't fight them on it. Um, Just accept it and move on. Or, or if you're in combat and they say, "Oh, they're um, you're too close. You're going to be at disadvantage using that ranged weapon." Oh, well, I want to move. Well, they're going to get an opportunity of attack. Like accept. Okay, you know what I mean. Don't don't argue with the DM. They're not your enemy. Um, and don't try and pull fast ones. <laughs> Most DMs That's so I weird. Yeah, catch catch that. Um, And then if you're like asking to do something, don't try and confuse them like that. You know, I've I've, be straightforward and and understand that it's it's a back and forth situation. Um, So be respectful of um, they're doing a lot behind the screen. And so if you're asking for something, have it figured out in your head how you're going to ask for it Um, and see if you can help them a little bit instead of just making it more of a more of a problem.
0: I was gonna say that well first of all you make a lot of really good points um i think some some dms will ask for help which i think is great um i cannot for the life of me remember the rules for grapple is it a contested strength check and you can use athletics or acrobatics it is uh you know and so sometimes we say like uh i need to look this up um, you know, DMs, it's okay. Look the rules up. You you can't have all that memorized. It's all right. Um, look it up. Ask a player to help you look it up because the players w- are really invested in getting it right as well. And um, you know, if the DM gives a shaky ruling or um I think one thing that we see in kind of one of the groups that we play in a lot is um the enemy takes uh some damage and they're holding a concentration spell and the player prompts like does that break their concentration um and so like I there's definitely some give and take like we're gonna call each other on rules and I do think that sometimes when the DM says like there's definitely room for um the DM has uh made a ruling and and I think it's okay to say uh, I think rules is written that would be uh you know, athletics or acrobatics because I'm contesting the role. Um, but I defer to your ruling, right? Like that's ultimately what it comes down to is like, I think it's this or that according to the rules as written. That's, you know, my understanding where I happen to have that section up right now. Like don't rules lawyer all the time. It's really obnoxious. Um, you know, and you ultimately get to DM, get to make the ruling. And if the ruling is no, 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 I've decided that all grapple checks are uh, stealth roles. Uh, then great, there are stealth rolls now. That's that's. <laughs> yep. If you got a problem with it, have a conversation offline. And, you know, and work it through.
1: And as a player, you accept it and move you go. On. Yeah. And like you were saying, with the concentration checks um, during combat, if if you forget, you know, be honest. Be honest. That's the other thing. Like, the the DM is so busy, and be honest. Be like, yeah. oh, I need a roll for that. Um, yeah. Because they just it's it's too much for them to keep track. So, um, yeah, just be fair.
0: Hilariously, the other tip, one of the other tips I wrote down, um, you you could try to put your phone down. Um, I understand that not everyone has 100 percent attention 100 percent of the time. And I have played in sessions where I was feeling really disengaged. I wasn't happy with how um, how the sessions made me feel. And I was um, really bummed about the interactions that were happening. And I was kind of, like, sitting at the table, really struggling, not comfortable saying anything to the DM. I didn't know them very well. And um, I had pulled my phone out. I think I was looking up a rule originally and, like, looking up something on my sheet. Um, And I had, like, gotten distracted and I... I think this was pre D and D beyond. I can't remember. I was just kind of like thumbing through something, trying to figure something out. And the DM was like, put your phone down. And I just remember being like, I'm so disengaged here at the table. Um, I'm really having a bad time. And I was trying to escape for five fucking minutes um, because I'm just like, really, this is an unpleasant experience. And I got called out like that. And like, so that felt bad. And like, should you use your phone at the table? Probably not. If you can help it and some of us need a minute to escape and that is the thing I like about virtual is I can be like hey give me a second I need to run to the restroom and I can just like fully disengage walk Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. take a beat and then come back Mm -hmm. whereas yeah at a real life table sometimes it's like I'm overwhelmed I'm overstimulated I am distracted I'm struggling um and I need an escape and I can't get it because I'm just like I feel like the eyes are on me so, like, communicating your needs, you know, stepping away when you need to, um, and, like, I think kind of knowing your own limits, and then doing your best to not be distracted and be engaged in the session. To, you know, sometimes we're watching for texts from family, there's mm-hmm. stuff happening in our mm-hmm. real life, and we can't fully disengage from real life to be in the game, but, like, doing the best that you can, um, I think, is important. I know we actually have one player in one of our groups, in our group, that... Uh, is always doing something in the background. And I finally was like, dude, what are you doing? Because I know sometimes he's taking notes. And he was like, I'm building my mini on Hero Forge because I feel like I can listen better if I'm doing something with my hands. Which, like, if we don't all have ADHD, like... (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. I search for my
0: inventory.
1: I search Mm -hmm. for my spell list. Like, if someone else, you know, they're having a one-on-one different part of the town or whatever i'll go yeah. through my inventory and be like oh yeah i should sell that and i you know it's like kind of in the background but yeah. i'm still
0: listening um, everybody engages differently yeah. and like it's about finding what works best for you mm-hmm. so like if tweaking your mini because hero forge drops some new items and you're not sure which scarf to use like sure you're yeah. still like engaged in the game you're still playing with your mini for this game and like it's something else to do with the same like if, if it helps you stay engaged then great mm-hmm. But it's really just like what's that finding that like fine tune of like what what is it that helps me stay focused uh, while I'm listening in for things that are happening that I want to actively engage with.
1: So as from a DM's perspective, what are some traits that you've noticed that like good players have? I feel like we talk a lot about what the lately what the bad like bad players are.
0: Um easy bad, to harp on the bad players. Yeah,
1: bad traits. I'm not gonna say bad yeah. players. Bad traits. that's fair. Um what are some good? What are some instances? You don't have to give specific examples, but yeah. some some common themes that you've noticed with players um, from a DM's perspective that you're like, hey, that's good. <laughs>
0: Players who are curious about the world, about the NPCs, about the items—not necessarily all—could it be just one thing. Um, even if it's like the types of drugs that are sold and uh, made in the city. Like, if the player can find something that they are interested in and it connects back to their character uh, in some way or another, they're gonna—they're gonna be more fun at the table because they have found a way to engage. That doesn't mean that, like, I'm engaged when we're talking about fantasy drugs and I fully shut down when we're talking about anything else. Like, that's not very fun. But um, players who find something to be engaged with uh, within the story uh, and especially within other players or with other within other characters. Um, we were kind of offhandedly talking about, like, oh, you know, sometimes you have your tragic backstory my family was lost in a sea accident uh and you know maybe another player is like oh i used to be out on a boat and i saw an accident and that you know like now these two players have a reason to connect i will say um as as an aside that for all dms i like pretty much always recommend now that like most or all of the group have some type of session zero where they have a reason to know each other Maybe mm-hmm. they're siblings, maybe they were in the same circus troupe years ago, maybe they've been in a series of bar brawls during a pub crawl across the entire town, and they're like, rivals turned friends. Like, I like they should have some sort of connection. Um, in addition, I, I shouldn't say should, that's not fair, um, but I think that that makes the session go a lot easier. It's a lot easier for players to jump into a character that connects with other characters if they have a reason to be tied together. And that's important, especially for uh, when we like to write our sad, moody, loner characters because we love them. We love them. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. And I think that's great. And a sad, moody loner needs to have a reason to be traveling with a party. Otherwise, this is the wrong character for you to bring to the game. So if my sad, moody rogue um, wants to. Travel the world with her little rat and uh, her little rat buddy. And she meets some people and she decides she wants to travel with them. Why is that? We have mutual interest. Have I never had a family? And now suddenly these people give me a feeling of kinship. Like, what is it? Engage with the other characters. What is it that makes me want to take my watch and actually keep these people safe at night?
1: So that's and something that's really critical. As a DM that you would, like, absolutely right out of the gate recommend um and it just sets the tone for the rest of the campaign so yeah um that's great yeah i i fully support that i think that's great
0: i think like i mean everybody has the like archetypes they like to play i love to play like an erotic gay woman like that's <laughs> no <laughs> uh, you have a type. i have a type um and I love like the like over anxious overthinker um I do love to play high charisma characters because I'm really bad at shutting my mouth and it's a little bit easier when um other characters are like okay chatty like or, or like a low charisma character who loves to talk um nah, or a nah. low charisma the, the one that we have going right now a low charisma character who doesn't necessarily love to talk but she never has anything productive to say um and it's just really fun to like jab in like lines that just like never that did never land and that's the intent um that's really fun for me too um but like finding like what is it that i like to play like what little part of myself do i like to inject into a character and um and then just like like, see what happens. Like, what what do, what, do they want? Do they want friendship? Do they want someone to chat to? Do they want somebody who's obsessed with meat pies and they feel like they can mother them? Like, what's the thing? What's the thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think if you can find a character, if you're creating your character, um, inspired from a TV show or a movie or a book, and then infuse a little bit of your own personality into it, um, I think that helps the whole time you're playing just you can just react more um uh honestly that way if if something comes up you go oh this is what this character would like it just it makes it you can react so much faster and i think that just helps with the flow um and you know the high char- charisma i i feel like if you want to play a warlock and you're kind of shy and reserved play warlock. It's okay. Like, you, even though you're going to probably have pretty high charisma, um, it's okay. Like play your character. Um, but yeah, definitely build it to fit your personality as much as possible. Um, I know from having two very charismatic characters and then having a third now with very low charisma, um, <laughs> it has been quite the pivot. um, I'm not saying I'm disappointed in this other character, but it's it's very hard to keep back and realize what my other strengths are. It's a barbarian, so she's very strong. Um, but it's you know, she has other skills, but it's different. It's very different um, play style. And so I think that like going forward, I would probably lean more towards the charismatic character, too. But that's just that's just um i know there are some people that's like they just want to fight just want to fight and be a great fight totally yeah yeah and so yeah just what suits you
0: i think that um like especially for newer players that's like the best advice always is like either if you don't Want to have to push that. Like, it's fun to push your character to, you know, it's fun to be this barbarian. And I don't think it's very sustainable to be that kind of character, like long term, right? So you're thinking about, like, okay, so maybe the next one I'm going to kind of skew back the other way. And that advice also works for newer players, right? If I'm not sure what kind of choices this character is going to make or if I'm really uncertain with my role playing. And I also think this is, uh, Ginny D had a TikTok very, very recently that was like, um, charisma a high charisma character doesn't have to be like boisterous and chatty and like the life of the part like everybody's funny uncle like they can be like reserved and thoughtful like their charisma could come from being intimidating and and she suggested like talk to your dm explain like i want them to come across scary uh you know my low charisma character i want her to have low charisma but be like really intense And her low charisma comes from constantly being just too blunt all the time. And that's why she just, like, never lands. And that's... So that's how I'm trying to play her. And, like, you communicate that with your DM and then they know how you want to be received. I also think she pointed something out that is advice that I always give, which is... There will be people at the table. Um, I know we're like this. Who are gonna go 100% improv? I'm speaking to you in character. I might have an accent. Um, I'm gonna make suggestions, and I'm gonna talk in character, like fully in character, full RP. So much fun for me. And other people are really uncomfortable with that uh, play style for themselves. So if that's not what you want to do, don't just say like. I persuade them uh you know offer i think jenny's example was i'll persuade this shopkeeper i'd like to persuade this shopkeeper to give us a discount by reminding them how much business we've brought in for them um there's de- there's always a middle ground like it doesn't yeah. have to be like i fully disengage of it, it, caveat being of course i love caveats um caveat of course being if you want to use a specific skill set, like I would like to, um, I would like to intimidate this person with what I am about to say. Uh, sometimes it's helpful to communicate that really clearly to your DM, like, "Oh, sir, don't you remember we've brought in all of this business? I'm hoping to be intimidating with this. Like, throw that in there. Like, be really clear about what you're hoping to establish or hoping to have come across." and it doesn't have to be 100% in character it doesn't have to be 100% out of character there's this like nice middle ground where you say like this is what i'm tr- this is the speech i'm trying to give um, and then you'll be more comfortable with more of the heavy roleplay moments
1: and i think that goes hand in hand with helping your dm too if if you you know someone's injured and you say i would like with my medicine background um to check yeah. for this. And it just right right out of the gate, you've made it clear to your DM what you're going for. Um, instead of just being like, well, I'm gonna look for wounds. Well, perception, investigation. I mean, it could be nature. It can yeah. be so many things if you're just very specifically um calling that. And then um same with like um you were saying persuading or intimidating. I mean sometimes those lines blur um and <laughs> I know sometimes the DM's like what are you trying to do? Like trying to do. Yeah. How, how exactly are you trying to open that gate by being intimidating? You know what I mean? So, um, it just be clear about it, but then it does, you're right. It does kind of reduce. You don't have to just be in your voice the whole time. You can kind of break it down a little bit, um, and just make it easier for the other players, um, to realize what you're trying to do. Um, And I feel like if you do say, I'm going to try and persuade um, the shopkeeper and then say what you're going to say, if there's other players at the table, they're going to pick up on that. They're going to you're going to notice that even if they're more reserved, that they're going to start doing that, too. Um, And I think one of my biggest tips um, to getting. Other uh players to role play is to use an accent. I think I've said this before. I love I love using I, a, a voice or an accent. Nothing, nothing comes close to getting everyone at the table to just dive full in and engage when you use an accent. Um, I I mean, even just a western or southern or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. Um, or just a choose, different choose way an of
0: appropriate talk. accident. If you choose an appropriate accent yep. that isn't offensive, yes. right? Like that's important. Yes. Um, I think
1: that just, it just instantly you'll get, it's yeah. just try it, like just try it. And you will see someone that doesn't normally enter, like all of a sudden it just, it flips a switch and they just open up and they just role play with you. Um, so I definitely, that's one of my biggest, biggest tips. It just, it just shakes it all up. Great. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, these are great tips, and um, I hope that uh, we can continue to build this list and um, get advice from other people to continue to, like, improve our game and uh, help others improve theirs.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we could definitely do a part two to this. Um, I think so, too. Yeah, the more,
0: more we dive into
1: it, I mean, there's just, and I'd like to, you know, do more of, um, like, the good traits and things that, you know, players can implement pretty easily.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, we've been out of initiative, but we're going to get back into it. So go roll some dice and tell some stories and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to
1: Out of Initiative, a podcast from Merely NPCs. For more from Sarah and
0: Morgan, visit MerelyNPCs.com or follow them on Instagram at Merely NPCs.